0: if you're not touring you're not selling records and you're not people are not
1: listening to you at least that's been my experience i think with the um i think with some of the accessibility the streaming age people can stay engaged with you more easily now than they used to though which is cool
0: it could be different with different genres too i just mean like in metal and punk like they want you to play in their basement oh, they want you to play at their, in their town oh yeah whatever.
1: i don't mean there's nothing to nothing to be said of touring but i i mean i think sometimes booking can be easier now with streaming stuff now too because you can more easily like if you hit people in our cities be like you know this is what you sound like if, you, if they never heard you we're like in the past yeah. you'd be like i really want to come there like we well, sound like this and you know maybe you have to mail them oh tape yeah tape or something first i mean i think some aspects <laughs> of it there's some easier accessibility to, to musicians and stuff now than there used to be. Yeah, I used to
0: send yeah. a lot of dubbed cassettes of shitty yeah. <laughs> demos. Like, they already sound bad. Like, you know, third, like a third a generation third, dubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's it sound now, buddy? You want to <laughs> book our band? <laughs> get them get him here now. <laughs> Give them whatever they ask for. Where's that tape on? Get the tin foil out the windows. <laughs> yeah. But there was de- there's definitely like what I would consider like a pressing of a black market fetus tape that I did for an East Coast tour where I found like I dumpster dived some really short tapes <laughs> and they were in these funky plastic cases and I made like 20 or 30 of those and I just sent them out all over the place trying to get shows up like stuff out of book your own fucking life the back of MRR like just I'd find bands that had ads in there and send them to them and be like hey like, let's. I'd constantly show, take, trade.
2: tape over like old Neil Diamond tapes that my mom had in the basement, or like pick tapes up of you know from Goodwill of like uh, like Chris like Andy Williams Christmas and shit and oh, tape yeah. over those. Nice because they they should be taped over. <laughs> yeah.
0: You should just go buy all the Andy Williams and just put it in your tape deck and record fucking silence over them so people don't have to ever hear them again. You should delete. You're canceling
1: Andy Williams from history.
0: You've just been erased.
1: Welcome to the Fright Zone, I'm Greg I'm Nate I'm Hogan This episode, we're talking about 1988's Cellar Dweller It's the story of a comic book artist who accidentally summons an evil monster into his basement studio Gets killed and his biggest fan doing the exact same thing 30 years later No! (laughs) (laughs) Tonka? Hell yeah
2: Hey, what's up, Greg?
1: Um, so like this movie tonight, it was directed by our boy John Carl Buchler. Does it have Rosie O'Donnell in it? Does she have <laughs> yeah. to sit on
2: the bus? As the Cellar Dweller. You
1: know what? <laughs> is that the prequel to Cellar Dweller? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, what movie was that? Bride of Cellar Dweller. It's called
0: like uh, I don't want to say what I think it is because I know it sounds bad. <laughs> it's like riding with my friend on the bus or something. <laughs> but it's a it's Rosie O'Donnell
1: going full
0: oh. Hard-on. Yeah. And it's just like just the trailer makes you fucking cry.
1: Hey guys, this is the 30th episode of The Fright Zone.
0: Sweet. Yeah, dirty 30. <laughs> we do not have a 30 pack of
2: hams, however. No, we don't. But, oh. you know, it's somewhere. It's if 30. you got one, crack
1: it open. Yeah, I can do it.
2: 30 sit ups. <laughs> Will you do it? No. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to do that.
2: Okay.
0: Maybe we could think of something you could do 30 of.
2: Uh, Make it sound real fucked up.
0: Empire (laughs) pitchers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa
2: since it's yeah, we waited too long for this because it's been a while since we've got together. So I feel like I have to open this letter from Stephanie.
1: Finally, finally, yes. Shout outs. Hey. Yeah, you know, great, great segue. You know, it's uh, thirty episodes. Thanks, everyone's been supporting us. Uh, one of one of which, our our good friend Steph, one of our Patreon Fryzonians.
2: I'm gonna guess that this is a Christmas card. It's that old. It's that old. What's the date say Look on it, the stamp? It's a little beat up. Uh, oh yeah, it has a snowman on it. Oh, okay. we're so sorry. <laughs> it's definitely. <laughs> it's been that long. I think since we've gotten together.
1: Yeah uh i think
2: we or maybe i forgot the, it last time yeah we, we record recorded one episode
1: January. since you had it but you'd forgotten it okay but it
2: has been a long time and
1: thanks for your patience steph waiting for you us have to make great handwriting
2: gang. by the way i just want you to know that i really enjoy it yo let me see that hand ryan i'm opening it can you hear it oh let's see oh no hogan ripped the in envelope half. oh yeah oh this Greg, Nate, and Hogan wanted to send you the best Christmas card ever. Hope you don't already have one. I figured it belonged in the Fright Zone studio. Happy holidays, Steph. Ah, Steph. It's Nate, so
1: Josh it. darn describe nice. It. Describe it to us, Nate.
0: It is a Christmas card. We've got a cute little Santa on the bottom there. Ooh. It says, Santa's watching. Santa's waiting. Everybody's celebrating. And then you open it up. Just doing, getting it close in case there was a sound. You never know. And we've got <laughs> fucking Silent Night, Deadly Night, axe yes! thrusting from behind. The Naughty. Car. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> and it says, Too late now, cause. And it's, oh, ca- sorry, it's too late now, ca- cause, not like cause. <laughs> um, Santa's here. Nice. Yeah, what's it's inside pretty the fire? Awesome. There? Inside the fire?
1: Yeah, what's in there? Just words. The thing yeah. flipped over? Oh, yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, it's just here. The, Oh died? Right. okay. I know if there's like a you know a corpse or you know.
2: I wish it was like Frankenhooker and, and the one a date, but it just said punish. <laughs> this is from twenty twenty one. Punish. Punished. Punish. Looks like a fright rags
0: thing. That's cool.
2: Hey, thanks Steph. Thanks, Steph.
0: Put awesome. that set that up somewhere in the studio. Super we'll just get it cool. out during the holidays. Did you read you read this already, yeah? Yep. Oh, the axe moves. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a 3D. I have a Spider-Man book like that. Where a a pop out. It's a
2: pop-up Christmas card. Yes. Man, pop-ups are cool. Yeah. I never had luck with pop-ups. Whenever I'd open them, people would have already, like, ripped all the shit out of them. Hmm. Should stop buying
0: second-hand pop-ups.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> you
1: got
0: to get those shit from the factory.
1: Yeah. Shall we sh- talk sh- about this movie? Cellar Dweller? <laughs> sure. So, uh, it's directed by uh, our boy John Carl Buchler, who we've talked about previously on The Fright Zone in a couple of episodes. Yep. Uh, he came up in Reanimator and Mausoleum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he had quite the pedigree in horror, really. Um, Reanimator, Terrorvision, From Beyond, Dolls, Demon Warp, Robot Jocks, Mausoleum, Zone Troopers, Nightmare 4. Um, he directed, uh, the Friday the thirteenth film that suffered the most from MPAA uh edits, uh Friday thirteenth part seven. Oh yeah. Um that has the most cuts of anything in the series and like uh, you know, the actual like film for that's been lost. The only surviving like evidence of that are like video like VHS daily, so like we'll never really get to see it proper. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: prior to being a uh director too, he was a uh, effects wizard. Yeah, that's how we—that's how he we got his start was doing the special effects. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, just
1: clarify, a lot of those movies I—I I listed, uh, it does were, look were like movies he—he's done effects work or makeup work. in.
0: It does look like he was down too to like just hop into movies because like yeah. yeah, he's like a sorcerer in Troll, one mm-hmm. of his films. He's rat spit in the demons of the dead segment in the Dungeon Master, which if you haven't seen that movie, nice. that's fun as shit. He's on the Fright Show in the movie Fright Show. That's it's like a Charles that's- Band movie, isn't it? Yeah. Fright Show?
1: Dun- Dungeon Master. Dungeon
0: Master, yeah. yes. Yeah. For sure. So is Troll.
1: Who that And that Charles Empire. Band produced this film, yeah. Cellar Dweller. Really.
0: And it definitely has those vibes. It feels like the just before Full Moon, like, yeah. you know, New World video yeah, would totally. put out his stuff. And, like, it was always had a similar feel. And, I, you know, I definitely dig it. Oh, yeah. And then Fright Show, which is a fun, like, little four part. Have you ever seen that? It's uh, like a little four-part. They were like college dude shorts. I have it on
1: Betamax. It's college dudes in shorts. So when,
0: sometime <laughs> when you guys come over, if I can get my Betamax player to fucking work, he's in the thing in the basement one, and they all feel like really uh-huh. cool shot on video, like okay, honest college tries. But some of them are kind of creepy. I'd watch that. Yeah. I love a good anthology film. We yeah. should just do.
1: We, we should do that for an episode. Someone I like they're doing a movie that's kind of just.
0: Someone put obscure. it up for VHS, and I was almost like. I'll just buy it, because then I know it'll work. It's my Betamax player is so, like, I don't want to say frigid, (laughs) but it just Mm -hmm. doesn't always work. Fickle. Fickle, that's the word. Finicky.
2: Fucked up. Yeah. uh, All the Fs.
1: I don't think at any Eps of the Fright Zone we've really gone deep into Charles Band, because I don't think we've done anything he's actually produced, really. He might have came up... In Reanimator, because he helped out with, with some money it's like and stuff a producer there. Producer or something. But I don't think we've really gone into depth with. I've not read his Band.
0: book yet. There is a book that came out. Yeah, I had. I think you and I were talking
2: about that last time I saw it's you. It's called The I Rubber it, Band. I haven't read it no. yet.
0: What is it called? Do You know.
2: Uh, on it. The Wicked World. Hogan,
1: of looking looking up something Band. on the internet. Baby.
2: <laughs> oh man. The man, the myth, the band. It's called Confessions of a Puppet Master. Oh, that works. That's definitely, like,
0: the thing he's probably the most known for would be the Puppet Master series as far as, like, general basic bitch public people, but, like, he's done so much more. I mean, there was Media Home Entertainment, which was Mita, and then that turned into Wizard Video, and, like, he was not single-handedly responsible for like the vhs boom but he was He's an a opportunist, legend though. and he knew when yeah. to get in at the right time and he I saw mean, that, the opportunity and took
1: it and yeah that's like the whole thing that's interesting cool with him is like that you know his name's so often so she just like kind of shitty movies from uh mostly full moon i think
2: empire had more strong tiles but um i will say if you're thinking about getting the uh the full moon streaming service don't do not do it. <laughs> it... Unless like, you all just... watch one of his like great movies like Evil Bong like Part eight goes
1: to high school or whatever.
0: Ginger <laughs> just... Ginger Dead Man Goes to Space. Like, like I mean no, the, the, thing, <laughs> thank you. the thing is there's shit how tons to of
2: content there, but the site is just horrible. Oh, just how it works. Yeah. It doesn't function at all.
1: I mean he's produced plenty of bangers like From Beyond Reanimator, um, Googly's television but then like all the other shit from Full Moon, like is awful. But like you mentioned too, Nate, being like like,
2: uh, yeah, they're that media. Window. Like P- that's
1: such a huge thing. If you if you know horror movies or you know physical media, like you know what media is. Yeah, you know. And to look at Charles Band, like you know, some
0: of that stuff. Well, if you look at the early like media titles and media titles, it's Night of the Living Dead. It's uh, Halloween. Like, he was the first person to yeah. put out Halloween. He saw that. He put out Assault on Precinct 13. So, like, the first, first time I saw him on Elm Carpenter. Street was
1: off a of media tape. Yeah. You know? I'm not like... sure
0: how involved he was at that point because when it turned yeah. into media, that was like. So, he separated from a partner and it was called Mita because Mita was his wife's name. And then they changed it to media when they got a divorce. Yeah. And at some point in those, like, early kind of like 19. I'd say 81 or 2 in there somewhere. I think he sold it. And then that's when he started Wizard. Yeah. Was at that point. Which,
1: that, that, there's some that's good Wizard That's still such a legacy. That he, like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Nate with the deep media knowledge here on the Fright Zone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's <laughs> one of those where he talks about like how he, he I bought the rights to I spit on your grave like outright for like five grand. <laughs> Like he thinks he owns the rights to that movie forever now on VHS. Anyway. Yeah, that's how that works, right? And it's like I don't think that's how it works, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to return those. <laughs> um what else we got as far as personal buns? Oh yeah, written by Don Mancini. Corleone. Don Mancini. Oh wait, is that it? Or early. is it Michael? Yeah, they probably Ma- at least knew each other. Yeah. It's Mancini, right? It's not Mancini. I yeah, think it's Mancini. they all know
0: each other. Like, they meet at like Italian restaurants when they're closed in the yeah. middle of the hey. day. Oh. they sit in the back booth. Hey, Mr. Mancini. Mr. Mancini.
1: Mr. Mancello,
2: <laughs> Mancini. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, man. they
1: slop on spaghetti and talk shit
0: about <laughs>
1: uh, people that are going down. <laughs> but it's written by Don Mancini, best known as the creator of Child's Play, uh, writing every single fucking entry in that franchise. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's cool. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um. And he, uh. so how he came to be on this picture is the design of the monster is already designed by John Carl. And, uh... Charles Band had already, you know, uh, recruited Well, oh, sorry, that's got that's got lost there.
2: Okay, okay r- r- so design r- the design of the monster r- was already rewind. designed by
1: John Carl. <laughs> rewind. The design of the monster was already designed by John Carl and Mancini was recruited by Band to write the movie around the design of the monster. Um, with the cartoon that would be called Cellar Dweller, and it can only take place in one location.
2: Oh, So they were like, hey, we got this fucking creature over here. Yeah. We need a movie. Rick, hey, yeah. our boy John Carl made Did this
1: bitching-looking monster. Looking, <laughs> look at this fucking thing here. They, I got need that. you to write a script. It's going to be called Cellar Dweller, and it has to take place in this little cabin that I uh, have access to.
0: If we, we need to it. use this restaurant we're eating in right now with the monster, <laughs> my cousin Vinny owns it. Yeah, the Mancini or Mancini? Yeah. Like, <laughs> How do you pronounce your last name, kid? It's like we can't come up with a story of like why this is happening in an Italian restaurant. <laughs> so was that that voice was Charles Band then in that interaction? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was trying to fit in when he went over there and he bought that building. And <laughs> yeah. That was in Italy, right? Jeez. Where he had the Empire Pictures building. I guess he probably didn't have that yet. Right? Are you talking
2: about the, the one he, they, the one they he filmed bought. Castle Freak?
0: The one he yeah, the one he bought no, that was where he lived. The the place where he, that he bought with the Ghoulies money. He bought like a compound. Oh
1: he's
2: got the, oh, he's Whoa, got the ghoulies money.
1: Hey, yeah, that, big, oh, big, that Ghoulies big money's news. In. there's something I have to go do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got, I got shit I gotta do. But yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. a bunch of money coming in and he
0: realized it was cheaper to film in Italy, so he got like it was an old hangar. Or something that he would build sets in.
2: Isn't that the Castle Freak House, though? That they
0: the Castle Freak House is a castle that he lived in. That he right. did also film in,
2: and they used that to do like all the Puppet Master films. Yeah, but too. I'm talking about
0: these just big empty kind of hangar buildings. He also oh, okay. Owned. It was an old Italian film studio that had been repurposed from hangars from World War II, I think, maybe okay. World War One, and they. He then repurposed them yet again for, like, Empire Pictures. And I think that's where they filmed some stuff like, uh not arcade, but, like, uh robot jocks and
2: shit. I think it right. was filmed there.
1: I got us a couple pies for our 30th uh, episode.
2: Oh, yeah, shit. Hey, it's our 30th episode. We got a cherry pie and a
1: lemon meringue pie. <laughs> <laughs> so we can uh, cut those up and eat those later, boys. <laughs> pie. So this guy dropped off by the DoorDash driver. A la mode. I need to stop talking in that voice now. <laughs> so, uh... We should fucking start this movie here.
2: Artie's gonna take your shit down, dude. Artie's trying to take the mic. <laughs> You're gonna be like, horse tomorrow. And people are gonna be like, what happened? You know, I was talking all night like Henry Mancini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> saw that marinara. <laughs> oh, man. I'm gonna start this
1: thing. Yeah. This movie is a, is, uh... I feel like a fast watch. It's super mm, fast. Talking about pace, like this movie flies. Yeah, Uh, but it's only seventy eight minutes, too. So, Um, but we opened thirty years ago with Colin Childress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Comic artist uh, played by the uh, always great Jeffrey Combs might be our first repeat
0: person, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so.
1: Uh, we talked about him a lot in
2: the you Leonardo know. I'm going to say here too. Like I've seen a lot of movies with Jeffrey Combs, and this is the first time I ever noticed how much of a butthole mouth he has. <laughs> Ooh,
0: like <laughs> oh, when he's yeah.
2: drawing, and maybe it's just because they focus on his face so much, but his lips are just pursed like the right way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. very much looks like a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so- but Sorry, wait, Jeffrey. He, he's definitely way underused you, in this. But. Yeah, so, well,
1: he's he basically just in the basement drawing this horror comic book. It looks like an easy comic book. But um, he's drawing a woman who's being chased by a jacked monster through the woods. But uh, he's underutilized in this, Nate, because uh, he only did one day of work on the film. Oh, He tell. was in Italy uh, for a cameo and robot jocks. And then while there, Charles Band was like, "Hey, uh, can you want to do a one day shoot for this movie that we're making (laughs) called Roller?" You're basically
0: the main character, but you're not going to be in the whole movie. But you're you're not at
2: all. Your name will be said a whole lot.
1: So they're like, "Okay, so that's one night's work." He went in there, pretended to be drawing for a little bit. They did the firearm. Yeah, I mean, like, like like he did it in a night. Yeah. (laughs) So that's (laughs) and he nailed it. That's pretty cool. So basically he's drawing this it. jacked monster like chasing this lady around and uh, he gets like out this huge Necronomicon book um, hoping to find some inspiration for a world, bu- a word bubble basically and uh, he inadvertently manifests this monster and the woman into reality as they suddenly like, materialize out thin air in the basement with him was the book
0: in the basement already or where'd it come from it, it, was, it was already like in, in the basement in yeah, yeah just just hanging out because that's
1: kind of what happens later he too. just so <laughs> casually just looking in it like hmm because he's like drawing and he's like what are they gonna say yeah. nah, nah, nah. and he's like reaching. as he has this fucking spooky like flesh book opens it up and reads some like evil shit out of it and then just writes that down on the page like perfect that's the oh. best line for this comic someone saw Evil this. Dead I think look at
2: this flesh book yeah,
1: yeah. perfect <laughs> like, for inspiring me to make my EC comic book. like instead of reading it and it happens we draw it and write it and it happens yes yeah. yes and uh so then he's like running around the house and he gets an axe to go try to like fight the monster in, in the cellar the dweller that's in the cellar or whatever um he runs downstairs with his axe he's trying to fight him and then uh, he's fighting the monster. He knocks over some chemicals and it hits a candle or some shit. And he goes up in flames. Barbecue.
0: Yeah. Burnt. He's trying oh, Chris, He's trying but- to, to burn the image because he sees that it's hurting it.
1: Which is kind of a foreshadowing, you know, for later. Oh, totally. And then, um, yeah, so after it burns up and he dies in the fire or whatever, we get these cool opening credits. And I really dug them. They had like a. The font seemed like an old time like Hammer movie, kind of. Yeah. Very you know? creep show. Yeah. And then you have this like bitch and. Uh, I feel like there's a like lot like of drawn, creep show like, elements inserts. to this. Yeah, yeah. It's the crate. Oh,
2: totally. its own feature. Totally.
0: Yeah. And it's more of a mystical creature as opposed to like a fucking beast in a crate. But Dude. I mean, if it's still killing people, they're implying that it is like a, a materialized I'm going to grab that
1: big new yorker pizza
2: (laughs) oh pie number three yeah pie three (gasps)
1: the three pies because one for every 10 episodes baby episode 30
2: (laughs) i push play because we're already past this part oh okay dude
0: and there's the cool ass axe that he draws as well
1: hmm we're already past this part
2: yeah, we're right, already we're, in we're already into the opening credits. Oh hell yeah!
1: That's because this movie happens faster than you even need to talk about Why it. Why don't we just
0: pause it and you guys eat? Yeah, and then we continue. Right.
2: Oh, you want? That? I'll let it play until yeah. where we where we're at. Mm. Yeah. Hey, it's hey, it's Hogan from the, the Fright zone, zone, and I'm in a big fucking hole. hole. While, While I'm down, down here, here, I figured I I'd just say crazy thanks crazy for listening.
1: Yeah, like and subscribe, and if you're on social media, hit us up at Fright Zone Podcast on Instagram, or drop us a line via email on our website, thefrightzone.com. You know what's cool? The
0: fact that you take time out of your busy day to listen to the Fright Zone Podcast. Please take time to rate and review the show on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the show. You know what else would be cool? What? I can't hear you! Well, it would be cool if you could check out our new Patreon page, which you can find the link for on our website, Anything helps us to get Hogan out of this godforsaken hole, whether it be a rope, a ladder, or some kind of chain.
2: And hurry! The defecation bucket is reaching maximum load capacity!
1: Oh, God. And now, back to the program.
2: Why are you guys making those noise?
0: I wonder if someone that, like, lives in New York or is more familiar with
1: cabs at the time would look at that and be like, oh, that's a pretty good deal for that that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're 30 years later, and uh, we cut to a tax cab dropping Whitney Taylor off at some cabin. Uh, the same cabin our pal Colin got burnt up in. And uh, she's played by Deborah Ferentino, who seems to be mostly a TV actress doing uh, one or two episodes of various shows like NYPD Blue or... Uh, Duckman. Her boyfriend's all over fucking TV too.
0: We yeah. we haven't been introduced to him yet,
2: and I don't yeah, know if they're really was, like boyfriend a girlfriend. Deal. She's also a trained uh, precision driver. Oh, can perform auto stunts. <laughs> oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was in all twenty one episodes of that Earth two show that
1: Steven Spielberg produced in ninety five. Was that any good? No, I don't I remember it. Yeah.
0: The stuff, hurt the stuff he makes is usually pretty good. Spielberg? <laughs> yeah. Never heard of him. Yeah, who's that? <laughs> Quack. Spalberg? I think that's how you pronounce it.
1: Spelunking. (laughs) Stefan Spalberg. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan Spalberg. So the cabin's now an art institute known as
2: Throckmorton Institute for the Arts. Institute?
1: It's like a a cabin.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, an institute's like... It's a cabin with a sign (laughs) that says Institute and on it. So so then that made me want to ask you
1: this. So... It clearly looks like a cabin, but since they're te- like, they don't really show you a full shot of the building. And since that is a sign, are we to believe, are they trying to sell us on it being a big building? Yeah, I you think, think so. Because so. they never show far like enough away to like, yeah, that's a cabin, but no. it clearly is a cabin.
0: That was like a facade, right? Yeah. There. I, I, I can definitely say that I didn't fall for it. How about you guys? No, nope, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> okay. But you We're think that's theory. what they're trying to do? Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. The, the way it's shot, too. And, that like, the basement does look sort of cavernous, but you can still see, like, one end of the other. <laughs> yeah. So if that's the basement, why would it be any bigger than the basement? It's like
1: they rented, like, someone's uncle's, like, cabin out. Cellar oh, yeah. is an
2: accurate word to describe the basement, for sure. It's oh, very yeah. tiny.
1: <laughs>
2: um, so Whitney goes
1: in. She's greeted by Mrs. Briggs, played by Yvonne DiCarlo, mm-hmm. who surely every Fright Zone knows is Lily Munster. Oh, I didn't know she was married to Rob Fucking Zombie. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was all she was also in the Ten Commandments in uh, American Gothic. Yeah, uh, she's, oh. a cl- she's classic, dude. She's a legend, though, man. She aged poorly. <laughs> I was going through. I was
2: going through her IMDb, her and the last up. movie that she did was this. The barefoot executive, dude. She looks like a
0: monkey in that.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the synopsis, <laughs> and I don't know. If you, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely want to watch this. Uh, a television <sighs> executive who is at the bottom of the food chain in the business finds a chimpanzee that has the ability to find TV programs that have high success rates. Nice. <laughs> so nice. it's that uh, sounds so
0: bonkers. It's hot to trot. <laughs> <the monkey>. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting the stocks.
2: Uh, yeah, which one came first? I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't uh, want to know. <laughs> Whitney
1: tells Mrs. Biggs how uh, inspired she was by the old Cellar dweller comics as a kid, which are the comic books that Colin created in this very building. She didn't care how hard they were to find.
2: Yeah. No.
1: She aspires to create a new comic paying respect to those old comics, which are, again, clearly meant to be EC comic books. Um, Mrs. EC B- comic
0: books, I'm sure you've listened to other episodes. If you have yes. not, it would be like Vault of Horror Tales yes. from the Crypt, or haunt shock and suspense haunt stories, weird science. Yeah, um, Every, the, everything crime. that led to what became the Tales from the Crypt, and this this does feel a lot like a Tales
1: from the Crypt episode. Totally. At same point, they're, they're achieving something they set out to, and it's about possible. the same
2: length. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
1: It is hit so fast. Uh, of
2: Mrs.
0: the last Biggs, season, the British season, those are an hour long, aren't they? Some of those, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt you.
1: Oh no, yeah. I, we should just do an episode that's just like. Where we we should do an episode where we each pick our favorite episode tales from the crypt and we yeah, talk about let's we that. talked about that That'd we be... also
2: talked about doing it for the X Files as well.
1: <gasps> I would do that as well. Yeah,
2: let's do that. Uh,
0: Agent Doggett gets a bad rap. I think if that show came out without the previous stuff, I'd, I I would have liked it a lot. Right. I think it's that it, there was such a high bar cuz like I watched the X-Files like as they came out like I, I'd say the first 4 seasons I, I watched like mm-hmm. the nights they came out. So it, there's just a lot of nostalgia there. A lot big shoes to fill. David Duchovny has very large shoes. Yeah,
2: I think people just shit on him though a lot. Yeah. You know, like obviously it's not Mulder, but like as a character, like I I rewatched it again recently and like I didn't dislike it as much as I used to.
0: I also don't understand why he doesn't use like his knife hands and shit to like <laughs> attack the creatures when they're trying to. What right. well,
2: Don't you dislike as much? Doggett. I, I don't think Agent Doggett. I think he, he gets a bad rap. I'm just I don't saying know, I think that he needs to. X-Files? Yeah, yeah. I was
0: saying Rob, yeah. Robert Patrick needs to bust out his knife hands and shit against them. Yeah. Have you seen this extraterrestrial? Hello, Arnold boys?
1: my name is Agent Doggett. I'm agent John Doggett.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Scully listen. This is all crazy. I don't believe any of the stuff you're saying. <laughs> I look, this new agent who's like Scully, she's from Iowa. <laughs> she that I can't remember Annabeth Gish. Oh okay. comes she's on. on Iowa she's like she's like Iowa the dark X. hair like she becomes like his partner. Yeah. She's from Iowa. So uh Mrs. Briggs, she doesn't respect comic book artists. And she doesn't believe comics is, is really art. It's no, bullshit. this is
2: insane. She's a cunt. Because <laughs> she's clearly the best artist yeah. at the school. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> like,
1: who are her contemporaries? What are the options? You know when it says institute? The way the other people's art looks is maybe it's like an institute for the insane. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, like, ser- I'm being serious. Oh, like, sure. The way everyone acts and stuff is bizarre. Like, the old Norman guy. Yeah, like, what's this cat doing? You're like, there's no rhyme or reason for anything that's happening here. Dude. It might
2: just be, an, an, you know. So Whitney meets uh, Philip, she, who meets, is yeah, another she artist there. Here. And this dude, it's like children's finger paintings. They're so fucking terrible.
0: Yeah, like anybody could do it. We got a reanimator poster
1: in the background, just in case you didn't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and that Philip guy. So like, when she meets Philip and Lisa, the other students in the kitchen. Phillips, the guy played by Brian Robbins, who is one of the leads in Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Shout out Bud the Chud. Also, did
0: you ever notice that in really good movies, they don't mm. have posters for really bad movies? <laughs> 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 always the other way around. Totally. Sorry. Yeah, but Bud the Chud, that's right.
1: I would make some exceptions to what you just said. There is Fade uh, to
0: Black's a good exception.
1: Uh, hills Have Eyes. And yeah. Hills Have the Eyes. Yeah, Hill, hills, hills have the the eyes. <laughs> Where are the, the eyes, eyes? The hills, <laughs> In the hills have eyes. Um, in the trailer, uh, they have a, a ripped uh, poster for Jaws. Yeah, yeah. And that was Craven's way of saying like Jaws was the scariest movie we've ever made. Now this
2: is the scariest movie we've ever made. There was like a callback too, though. And Didn't the, yeah Spielberg but
1: that, do it too? Well, that well he does that eventually. But like when when he says, oh maybe what mood Spielberg do? If you I think? can't remember. Well, as far as I know, so that well then they hills did it eyes. in Evil Dead. And also. Then Evil Dead has a ripped
2: poster for Hills Have Eyes. So that's Ramey and them. Oh, were like, nice.
1: No. Now, our movie's the Check first this. movie made. Spielberg like, yeah. did call
2: back to it. I can't remember what movie it was, though. And
1: then that's why Craven has Nancy watching Evil Dead in Nightmare, and that's why Evil Dead 2 phrase gloves in the cellar when Ash goes down there.
0: Oh. Huh. Boom! Yeah, connect the dots. It all comes back around.
1: What up, Kevin Bacon?
2: <laughs> Six
0: degrees.
2: Uh... Yeah. Uh, also, that ah. Brian Robbins, I wrote. He's got. He's got. His, he's had he's an quite interesting Quite a powerful career. figure in the
1: industry, dude. dude
2: he's produced. He did uh, produced 216 episodes of Smallville, and then he's the president of Nickelodeon. There's yeah. also an produced connection with Wild, Wild that too, Hogs, Norbit, and <laughs> Burger Dude, oh, he directed
1: shit. Norbit. Oh, did he? And Varsity Blues and Hardball. <laughs> I showed Freddie Goodberger uh, about
0: a month and a half <laughs> ago, and he thought it was funny. He wants to watch it again. There's a sequel coming now. Oh, yeah. With nice. them in it? Yeah. Is it like they're old and they're passing the torch to some new burger makers? I hope it's like, <laughs> yo,
1: what up, new burger makers? <laughs> make I hope them they're burgers. all depressed. It's like a really depressing movie. They're like old and still working. there are just bummed yeah. out about it. <laughs> Kel's on meth.
0: I think they could make a really cool like modern Cheech and Chong movie that's like that. Yeah. Where they're just still stoners and they're just like kind of fucking <laughs> over it. But they're also like still exactly the same kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they hang out. There's no reason not to, but they won't. Cheech makes too much fucking Disney money. Yeah. Doing voiceover work. I don't think that he needs to do that. No. I think Chong's fine with where he's at in life too. Yeah. He's
2: like selling edibles and shit.
0: Yeah. It'd be the opposite of That's the uh, that new Pee-wee movie where he is leaving town for the first time. That's yeah, I beautiful. saw that. I it liked like, it. Pee-wee's big uh, vacation. He was right like just have that vacation. Joe. What was yeah. It?
1: Yeah, he goes to hang out that Joe guy's yeah. birthday party or something.
0: Yeah, even though like, are they implying it's a prequel to Big Adventure because he leaves the fuck out of that town in Big Adventure?
1: Yeah, uh, see, but I think it's like Big Adventure and Big Top Pee Wee, and that I think they're like in the I think in the films Pee Wee's like a cartoon character where each one's a different short, a different scenario. There, yeah. I don't think there's really continuity, right? You know, yeah, that makes sense. Because Big Top Pee Wee isn't like. Yeah, you know, recently I was looking for my bicycle. Yeah, no, <laughs> like,
0: no references to it whatsoever.
1: That was a horror. I can't do Pee Wee's voice. What happens
2: to Dottie in Big Top Pee Wee? Hey, Dottie! <laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? That was good. <laughs> Your face hey, is. And knitting, and knitting.
0: <laughs> that's great yeah but i have to make my face all weird for some reason you look great you were you were in character mate. <laughs> yeah you probably get pull a pretty I'll good pull image pull from that. that we'll pull
1: that we're on 854 okay which
0: explains why he looks so insane
1: the whole time i mean i'm sure he's got to pull it from somewhere uh so where, where are we going after it? so we met philip and lisa philip then shows oh at the end of the tour uh, Whitney sees the door to the cellar and she's like and Mrs. Uh, Briggs is like oh there it is the, that's where the murder took place and it is off limits because yeah. everyone thinks that Collins murdered a woman and then like killed himself in a fire
2: that's like putting heroin in front of a drug addict and yeah. like so I'm of gonna course, course leave Whitney's the room. like that's the room that Don't my greatest inspiration dr- yeah. was in
1: yeah. Stay away from daddy's secret closet of wonders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Whitney has to go down there later. But um, So, Philip's showing uh, Whitney one of his pieces, and it's a complete piece of shit. And oh, she yeah. thinks it's a cow, and he's offended. And he's like,
2: it's angst. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and then they commiserate over how Mrs. Uh, Briggs doesn't respect their art, either of their art. And uh, then he invites her to come along to the nightly meeting where everyone critiques each other's work. Which this scene is absolutely insane when you're watching it. Um, so they're all critiquing, you know, art and stuff. And suddenly, off nowhere, this older guy comes into the scene and pulls uh, Lisa aside at gunpoint. Has like a gun to her head, and he's like, "No, no!" And he actually fires the gun off and like shoots a vase in the room. Yeah, and just like screaming. And you're like, "What is happening?" is yeah.
0: he's saying, "I'm going to steal all the art in here. Get it. I want all the yeah. art." Like why the fuck do you want all this crappy art, dude? It sucks. <laughs>
1: but Whitney calls <laughs> calls his bluff. She's like, you know. And then we find out he's just an actor. His name's Norman.
2: That's he's here at the art institute because he's an actor. Yeah. And one of the girls says sometimes Norman sometimes Norman gets a block, so we humor him. <laughs> but like, so they just humor him by like letting him fire off shots inside the <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah, <laughs> because that
0: was clearly loaded. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it broke it's a base. Insane. Blanks um, don't break shit on the other
2: end. <laughs> also, I have the probably the most bizarre leader. fact about this about the uh, actor. Yeah, Vince Edwards. Vince Edwards. He was Bo Jackson's mother's favorite actor. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> so
2: she—that's why Bo's brother is named Vince. Oh, really? wow. Okay. That's So strange. That's pretty random. Uh, he's
1: like an old school Hollywood actor, and he was in uh, one of my favorite Kubrick movies, The Killing. Um, Never seen it. It's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like a heist movie. What year? Ish. Uh, 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 it's black and white, right? It's like a film noir. I didn't say like 62. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Does that sound right? Hey, Hogan, why don't you look that up on the internet?
0: On it. I'm sure there's dun, some $200 keyboard box dun, that dun, I can buy dun, to get Hogan, I'll
2: just look for it. Outside.
1: looking up so on the
2: internet.
1: Baby.
2: 1956. Oh, Oh, I was off.
1: 1956 is when The Killing came out. It's good. Check it out. I have a a Criterion Blu-ray of it if you want to. cool,
0: yeah. Borrow it. That would be something. That's the kind of thing Emily would like, I think. It's good. She likes movies that, like, she did like Justice Ninja style. She thought it was pretty (laughs) fun. It is fun. That movie's fantastic. Very good. Uh, I was very bummed I didn't have 50 bucks to buy the limited to 10 action figures. I saw that yesterday, too. I was was like, like, I just don't have it right now, man. I cannot do that. Um. But, yeah, like, she likes movies like that, but she also does, like, a real, like, well-written, well-shot...
1: It's good. People that show up on set know what they're doing. Well, I find there's Kubrick movies that people don't talk about always when they talk about Kubrick. Like, I think The Killing...
0: I've had 20 conversations about Stanley Kubrick. I've never heard of this movie
1: before. uh, Or there's, like, or, like, Paths of Glory. That's a great war movie, but people don't usually... Say that's a great Kubrick movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, Pass of Glory? You know, that's, that's a really good movie. It's like, nah, that's Kubrick also. Um, even Lolita at times, I feel like, gets kind of left out of conversations. It's always about clockwork, orange, Jeremy or space, Ozzy the or you know? Um, but he, his early films, I mean, he did Spartacus. And whenever people talk about Spartacus, it's not Stanley Kubrick Spartacus. It's, oh, Spartacus, you know, that's a classic old movie. Yeah. But that's a Kubrick film. Yeah. I just think that's interesting because it's like that's still a classic film. Like, it's. Did he ever say what his
0: favorite movie that he did was? I don't know. That'd be interesting to know. He didn't do a lot of interviews, even really. I have an old Playboy he did an interview in. Oh, yeah. Was the article good? Uh (laughs) Uh Did you finish the article to completion? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of good old Playboy interviews like they would not beat around the bush and ask like cool questions. There's a really famous like Johnny Cash interview. It really had Playboy. good
1: articles back then. Yeah, it did.
0: Uh, How
1: to hook up your hydrophonic fucking stereo system and shit, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, So the Vince Edward guys, he died in 96 and his last film was that movie The Fear, which Vinger Syndrome put on Blu-ray recently. Oh, shit. Um, It's
0: a 96. That Norman guy.
1: Yeah. And then uh, he was also in Return to Horror High, and he was a voice actor on every episode of the Centurions. Oh, really? Huh. That's cool. The the, uh, animated series?
0: Yeah. Those are cool toys, too. Yeah. They, like, kind of, you can stick them together, and the bad guys are really cool. I can't remember what they're called, but they're, like, robotic. They do look like villains from a Charles Band movie.
1: Very cool. Very cool.
0: In robot people versus puppet master, robot meets Ginger Dead Man Charles Band. I don't know. That's the crossover we're all waiting to see, man. Dude, that's what it is. It's like uh, fucking Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong in space. (laughs) That's what they need to do. (laughs) It's a centurion crossover, yeah. They're
1: villains, yeah. Uh, so then after that Norman guy leaves the room. We're introduced to Amanda, who seems to have a history with Whitney, as illustrated by their catty dialogue.
2: Oh, you bitch, what are you doing here? Oh,
1: it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's played by Pamela Bellwood, whose most noble role is a 122-episode stint of Days on of Our Lives. Dynasty. Oh, is it Dynasty? As Claudia. Oh, wow. That's a that's a fucking stretch. 122 episodes, though. Like I feel like that you're putting in some work to be on soap opera that long. Yeah. yeah. But uh You're definitely being written into that. And uh at this point we're twenty five minutes into the seventy-eight minute film and we've now met the entire cast, uh, which means nothing uh sorry. <laughs> which means now things can finally get moving. Um Whitney immediately has a nightmare that's just a quick montage just start of moving. the opening scene because <laughs> we gotta milk that one day shoot with Mr. Jeffrey Combs. We yeah. gotta milk it. You know? Um I mean you got that name. <laughs> His yeah, pursed lips. He left
0: and they like ran down there and put a bunch of cobwebs on everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't even look. Is his
1: name like big on the cover? Um it's not on the VHS. It's not even on there. Uh and then she awakens from this montage uh to hear screaming from outside. So she goes out and she finds Lisa just screaming at the top of her lungs, and she goes, I'm sorry. Did I
2: wake you? <laughs> it's like,
1: bitch, you're out here your screaming on the top of your lungs at like three in the morning or some shit. Yeah. You know, like. Getting um, hammered. Yeah, so then they go on to talk about Amanda over a bottle of wine. And we get some backstory. Uh, you know, Whitney got more attention than Amanda, at an art show, and the rivalry was formed and all the shit. And then a weird, eerie sound comes from the basement. And Lisa tells Whitney, it's the ghost of Colin. He haunts the cellar, which is why. It's off limits. <laughs> when he, of course, goes down there immediately. Because why wouldn't you? Hogan, uh, I was going to ask you, um, how do you feel about the spooky basement? Because last episode, you gave uh, us and our Fright Zonian listeners uh, a list of spooky basement or attic items. How did this fare?
2: Uh, it's really bad.
1: Okay, let us know why. <laughs> Tell us about it.
2: Uh, well, first of all, the basement was supposedly burned. And I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if the basement burned, heat rises. So wouldn't the entire fucking house have gone fire? The whole Godfair? place should have gone up. Yeah. Um, so you mean the natural. whole?
0: But maybe it got controlled inside the massive institute.
2: Maybe, but not only is the basement not burned, all the stuff that like he was using, like his ink and his drawings and all of the you know stuff that Immediate he drew that's on stuff, the walls the painting it's wall. literally still there and <laughs> not affected unscathed. at all. It's just okay. maybe a little bit dusty. So yeah.
1: it's not a spooky enough basement for you.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Thank you for that. Uh, okay. Also,
2: side note, Jeffrey Combs' name is not on this
1: at all. No. Yeah, on either of these releases. Hmm. It seems like that would have been a good way to entice horror nerds into renting the I tape. I bet it was in the right. trailer. Yeah. I bet it was half the trailer. Yeah. It was him at the beginning. Oh, God! Yeah. He's grabbing the axe and like, whoa, Jeffrey Combs is in this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, once she's down there, check out this not burnt basement just covering spire webs maybe that's what fire does in this universe just covers things with spire webs out. Yeah. um Science. philip starls her uh because he was spying on her and he followed her down
2: yeah so then she, by uh, the way there's so many me too like moments oh, in this oh, movie yeah. with philip oh you're absolutely. like jesus dude calm down
1: back off
0: phil
2: yeah we get it
1: creep wait for a little consent homie
2: yeah
1: and uh so then whitney finds collins uh fleshy Necronomicon book in a chest, <laughs> which absolutely won't lead to anything bad.
2: Let me see your fleshy book.
1: And the book spooks. It spooks Phil. I <laughs> so think he runs upstairs. Ooh,
2: because he's a little
0: puss. Like here, where it actually shows how long it takes her just to draw like
1: something simple. Oh,
2: like and then later eyes. when it's
0: like she's drawing these images as they're happening in real time. Yeah.
1: Well, it's the next day. Mrs. Briggs scolds Whitney for going down to the cellar. Oh, sure, sure. But then Whitney makes a deal with Mr. Briggs to work out of the cellar, allowing Mr. Briggs to bring in a legitimate artist. Yeah, like, I know and, you uh, don't care about then we, we get a quick uh, cellar cleanup montage with some jazz music. You know, yeah. it's like brass, like,
2: <laughs> was it It's like, Brad's
0: like... That was definitely a missed opportunity. Strange. We could have had a really cool, like, Revenge of the Nerds moment where people are helping clean or like a we can do anything by working Yeah, we like other. the song cellar cellar like,
2: dweller. cleaning up yeah. the cellar. Yeah, yeah the cellar music dweller. is like totally out of place, like out of place. Yeah.
1: The mood is incorrect. And then uh, she's like getting off on creating the ultimate monster comic for, uh, for her comics and she's inspired by that spooky book. Um, and then uh while she's like drawing it, we find out like Mrs. Mrs. Biggs. Briggs, Briggs, she has uh, basically made a deal with Amanda to help oust Whitney from the school. Yeah, get uh, me some dirty, dirty shit on her. on her. So that's where we are, and that's why she has this big land camera. Yeah, uh, tell us more about the land camera. Tell her what's well, tell us what's it, going on. It's here, like mate. she has a full size
0: VHS camera, so it's like up on her shoulder, and it has her peeping through a little window, like. If you have a basement, those little kind of rectangular windows. And it's clear as day. And it is daylight out yeah, cast- oh, this is literally daylight. She's even, like,
2: casting shadows across her drawing board. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> She yeah. still doesn't see her. Yeah. yeah, And she's just, like, filming her while she's drawing she's and like molesting the yeah, leather-bound book. She's just book. rubbing
1: that book sensually. The flesh
2: book. This looks nothing ooh, like ooh, what
1: she ends up drawing, either. I don't know what's it's the supernatural element. Of it. So yeah. it's like so. Whitney is literally drawing the same monster that our boy Colin, uh, Jeffrey Combs, Herbert West, the Reanimator, drew thirty years earlier. So is she like drawn so to a it? Supernatural is that what we're power. To get? Yeah, because because okay. like, that comic didn't get published because he died, right? So she's never seen that image. So there is something supernatural happening. I feel like the book is projecting it into her. Got you know it. what I'm saying?
2: Because she hasn't seen it. See, I just kind of assumed this was like a character that had already been nah, created. I don't think so. The cell so like, like, well, also the, the look the at books, the,
1: they're all different monster things on. The I
0: drawing think, that she's actually doing there and then the drawing
1: that it shows. Yeah, it zooms out and it's like the guy and he's like, back. That's, she drew all that
2: just now? <laughs> <Yeah. Ooh. laughs> she's efficient.
1: Yeah. So then she like gets up and leaves the basement because she's real proud of herself. This is when Amanda uh, starts sneaking down there. To uh, snoop around. Oh, you and sneaky snoop, Amanda! Yeah, Amanda's that. a snooty bitch. Yeah, Amanda sucks. Fuck Amanda! And <laughs> while she's snooping, the monster changes position on the paper, which I thought was kind of cool. You know, she's like snooping and her back, and then like the drawing like changes direction on the paper, like mm-hmm. he's like al- coming alive. It's kind of cool. Um, and Whitney catches her snooping. And she gives her an earful. But while he does that. Oh, she does that. Norm's at the top of the stairs taking some notes on his little notepad he got at the dollar store.
2: <laughs> doing some detective stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't really know what he's going to school for there. Because like, he's like this like film noir like hard dick character kind of. Right. And he has the gun. It's like,
2: we I think him... we're supposed to think that he's like a stage actor. It's, <laughs> But why is he just speaking also... around doing detective it work? It also I don't cuts know.
0: to like, him... Typing and talking out loud, and it leads like you to believe that maybe he's
1: like writing a screenplay or yeah. a true crime novel. <laughs> um, then after Amanda leaves, Whitney gets back to her work. And uh, then upstairs in Amanda's room, she stages a video that's meant to look like it's Whitney plagiarizing old work from Colin, uh, from like another cell dweller. So she's like shooting inserts to mix with the footage she was shooting in the basement to make it look... Like, Whitney is plagiarizing work. Yeah, thus she's going to frame expel. her ass and get her kicked out of school. Yeah. yeah. And uh, while she's doing this, Whitney's downstairs drawing a comic like of a the monster fiend. killing Amanda. Thus materializing the cellar dweller in Amanda's room. Amanda's room dweller. And leading to her demise. <laughs> and <laughs> That was so confusing. also is able to materialize whilst
0: drawing a banana peel for oh, her to slip yes, on yes. with like a yeah, yeah. whoop. Yeah, she fucking three stooges her ass by drawing a And then she erases the door handle so she can't get out, and it makes like a boing sound. Yeah, that shit was awesome. awesome.
1: So that's
2: pretty fun. Uh, Man, Artie loves that TV.
1: (laughs) He does. Sometimes he starts watching, and he gets hyped. He's going to freak out when the lawyer shows up, I'm sure. Um... So our listeners know here in the Fright Zone Studio when we record, we have a, a old tube TV sitting here showing the movie uh, as we kind of talk. As a guide, kind of keep us
2: moving. It's low on the ground,
1: and it's like sitting on the ground, and because uh, I have keyboards and stuff on top. Of it, but so sometimes Artie catches the the movie and he gets excited and starts like slapping the screen. So <laughs> that is worth note- noting. Uh, but yeah. So this this monster kills Amanda, right? But yeah, the doorknob when it disappears, it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> so like silly noises, it's very cartoony. It was fun. Whoop, um, and then when he falls to the bare desk, she gets Mario carded. Yeah, dreams <laughs> of <laughs> the monster eating, and it's pretty cool. The the cellar dweller does look great. I mean, like, yeah, to give this movie some credit, the monster looks awesome. And
0: when he's munching, it's cool, and they make yeah. some cool crunching noise. They do cop out a little, where it's like instead of showing
1: the actual thing happening it just shows a drawing the drawing of it happening yeah that's definitely how they're skirting some you know budget stuff but at times it's kind of charming and effective because when the editing's working it's cool cuz the drawings themselves are cool looking and yeah. it's really driving home this comic theme of the movie but then there's other times where like as it progresses you realize they do that for every single kill when you realize they do it for every single kill you, it it starts being Less interesting, yeah. That like that, I feel like that hurts more in a rewatch because the first time I saw, I thought that was so cool.
0: Well, and there's the one kill which we haven't gotten to yet, where it's like they show what they're capable of. Yeah, and and you're like, oh, John Carl, dude, come on,
1: John Carl, more of that. Um, I didn't
2: look to see who did the effects on this. Did
1: he do the effects? I I've assumed he did. He built the monster. Oh, look, look it up on the internet. (laughs) But Mrs. Briggs discovers Amanda isn't in her room. And then we're breakfast, they keep discussing, where is she, where is she? And Norman starts doing his detective work shit, because he's like, I heard those two arguing, you know? And he asks Philip about them and the relationship and what he knows. And then this is when we cut to him, like, on the typewriter, just slamming it out, drinking whiskey. And it's like, is this a
2: detective movie suddenly? So he didn't do the effects. He designed the effects, but he didn't do them. So... Is he licking the
1: TV? Artie's licking the TV.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like I'm gonna eat Amanda. So yeah, clearly <laughs> that was just like a budget issue then. Because even like some of the shots that they so- they show of the dweller or the creature, like they're reusing the exact same shot. Whatever he's eating, over and yep, over. it's a loop, right? Uh,
1: when Norman's on the typewriter and he and he goes, "Is Whitney capable of murder?"
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, he verbalizes. He's one. Of, it's one of those
1: where he he says everything he's thinking. Well, if he
2: didn't, we wouldn't know what's going on. I <laughs> yeah. was well, like, why is he a detective? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
1: The group watches Lisa do some interpretive dance, in one of the most bizarre scenes in the oh, film. Oh man, um, isn't she,
2: the death? Isn't the dance called like
1: death? Yeah, and yeah, and she stab, She stabs balloons on the wall, and then she's like
2: death. Well, and each Pop. one of the balloons she stabs corresponds with a name of a character in the movie. Yep and they all have like baby dolls taped to the wall. It's
0: bizarre. Yeah, it seems like something that like in the Big Lebowski when his landlord invites him to go see his his <laughs> his special event. It seems like that where it's just like Ooh. one person's wild idea of what entertainment is and then maybe like three people being super uncomfortable watching it. And this
1: where where she goes Death is sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, And then this is when Norm sneaks down to the cellar to do some more detective work. No, detective. And he steals the page of Whitney's comic. And then he goes up to Amanda's room. And he discovers the drawing that Amanda made pretending to be Whitney. In her attempt to frame her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he watches the video that she was making, and he's like, I gotcha. I gotcha, Whitney. And this is when the monster materializes again and kills Norman, and it's rad as fuck. Rips his head off. We get to see it. It's awesome. It's gory. I, I think, think we can, can all agree
2: it's the best kill in the movie. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah.
1: Then have every episode, we always do, like, what's your favorite kill in the movie? This is it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is the money shot of the film.
2: The head goes flying.
1: It's great. After this, uh, pretty much every subsequent kill will be a uh insert shot of the comic book drawings yeah <laughs> this
0: one has a good kathunk
1: yeah another As it, plop. The it looks meaty yeah. too i mean like the the wound is like ooh, that looks gnarly yeah it's
0: not like oh it's silicone you can see it looks... into it and it's like slow motion yeah like when you feel confident doing your
1: effect with slow motion that's a pretty good sign that it's sick lovely. oh yeah drunk uh and then Whitney goes into Amanda's room and discovers her art from the basement or portfolio. And she confronts Mrs. Briggs, suspecting the two are in cahoots. Which, of course, Mrs. Briggs is like, I don't know what you're talking about. You never about. wanted me here.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't like my art.
0: It's um, like, but does she like the other artists? Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, what's her taste? The fucking private dick and the like,
1: balloon stabber. Come on. So then in the cellar, Philip and Whitney discover a new page to the comic depicting the monster killing Norman. And she's frightened by the fact that she did not draw it. To contemplate evil is to ask evil home. Uh, Lisa's showering at this point while Philip and Whitney are talking in the basement, and they realize the monster is real. Suddenly, they notice a new page on the table depicting Lisa showering. This part's kind of cool, and like they're in the basement looking at the panels appear as it's cutting away to her showering and the monster appearing and stuff. Yeah, there's some cool stuff happening here, but then this is where they they puss out on us and we get just those fucking drawings of the kill. Yeah, it's like so you don't even really know what happens. And this is where they reuse the eating footage Hogan mentioned.
2: I thought for sure this is going to be one where they walked in and it was just going to be like super intense, but yeah, and they walk in, they're like, oh no, and it's the same as for him, like. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, okay. He's eating. Um, but that's when they like they run around, you know, and they have to find a way to destroy the monster. And she realizes they got burned the work. And uh, while they're talking about this in the cellar, like his arm comes through the table and grabs Phil and pulls him in. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Sucked uh, into the book. Uh, and then Whitney goes and tells Missus Briggs what's going on. And of course, Mrs. Briggs doesn't believe her. But then she turns into the monster, and it's like, oh, that's kind of a cool effect. Yeah. yeah. But then they don't do cool much idea. with it beyond that. She just turns into the monster. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't turn back. Yeah. Anything. And then, like, you know, Whitney runs back downstairs. So, no, sort no, of like, Yeah, she, it, like, runs around, like, the, like, two rooms we've seen the whole movie in, like, so for a second. So, is the idea that that became
0: a drawing that she wasn't doing, or is that, like, she's the monster, and she's been waiting and hiding there the whole time as this lady?
1: Oh. That's cool. That was
0: the thought I had last night when I was watching. I was like, maybe she was just like, she's just waiting for someone to like draw her visage again to make her come back.
1: That's cool. You I know? had not thought about it. Um, yeah. I dig it. Yeah. It'd make the movie more interesting if they actually explained that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of just hoping you he- think that. They run around in circles and they go downstairs and like, oh, this is a good. When she's being chased by the monster and it comes down the cellar and she just keeps picking up empty plastic bottles and throwing them at the monster. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's like, here's an empty Sunny D bottle, and here's a, you know, just bouncing off the cellar dweller's head and shit. Um,
0: if, and a, th- if someone got ripped up in a room, this is another thing I've always wondered, if someone got ripped apart in a room, wouldn't there be a smell? You would think. Like, it would linger at least to the next
2: day. I also don't oh, understand, yeah. like, why, where does, where, so, I'm trying to think of which kill it was, but there's no evidence. Well, all right, it was when Norman was killed, and then and they walk through like a second layer, and like, hey, it's my page for my right. book, and they go, they yeah. go out of the way to show us uh, blood being sprayed all over the walls, <laughs> yeah, and then there's nothing there, yeah. So or I guess we're supposed to think it up? that like or that... the monster's just really cleanly, like when yeah. he eats, yeah. We're definitely watching some
1: supernatural. <laughs> Shit going on. He's he snapping and ripping it
2: clean. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh and when she's throwing plastic balls at the monster, she inadvertently spills some whiteout on the page and like the monsters like hurt. So Then she dumps
2: more of it on there. Which by the way, did you see how big that whiteout bottle was? Oh compared yeah. to the five gallons of paint oh, that yeah. came out
1: of it. It was a magic bottle of whiteout. <laughs> yeah. Never ending. Must have been left behind by Jeffrey Combs' ghostly visage. <laughs> <laughs> um But then like she cries for a moment because she realizes Philip's gone. But then she grabs a pen, and starts drawing Philip, and he comes back to life. He jumps out of the comic book. So she just draws everyone back into existence and everything's cool. Then she goes to burn the, the monster page to get rid of it. But she throws in all the drawings she made the people, too, for some reason. So yeah. they all start on fire, too. Yeah, because she's an idiot. Yeah. It's like, well, if you're playing. Yeah, why would you burn them? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, fuck you, monster. Hey, here's a nice portrait of Phil. Get the fuck in there, Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably okay. Let's <laughs> just burn it all. So they all burn up, and then, surprise, a new page is drawn there, the monster, and he appears to get her.
2: Here's the thing, though. The end. If she threw them all in the fire, where literally two minutes ago she brought them all back to life by drawing them, Yeah. couldn't she just draw them back to life again? Yeah, you'd think so. Just another magic. I don't understand of how the flesh out. book works. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many pieces of paper. That's what it is. Once <laughs> she out. burnt all her yeah, s- Once you're spot. out, you're out.
0: She's maybe she's sleepy. Right? She just needs a nap.
1: <laughs> I drew too much today.
0: Yeah, this has been a long day. I didn't expect all this to happen today. <laughs> With the you know, the dweller and all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh we our favorite kill this movie was Norman. Uh favorite line? I, I want death have, is sad. <laughs> it's pretty. That's good. <laughs> she says it like that. I didn't
0: write
2: one down. I should have.
1: Did you have one though? I can't Can remember I one you? off the top. I wrote of one
2: head. down when Whitney gets dropped off by the taxi driver and he lets her out of the car and he says <laughs> These broads will chew your ear
1: off. <laughs> the joke there's oh, that yeah. she doesn't
2: say barely anything to him. He's, He's talking, talking
1: at her the whole time, <laughs> yeah.
2: which
0: is that is a good punchline. That's right. Hey. I, I'll go with that too. I know it's a cop
1: out, but <laughs> that was funny. I did laugh at that. Um. So I guess out of five frights, what do you give it? Hoganomics. Oh, oh
2: man, I don't know. Uh. He wants to pop those balloons. I'm going to give it a three solely based on how short it is. Because typically when I do watch this, it's when I don't have a lot of time to do something. Right. You're just like, I just want to watch something quick and fun. It's like super digestible, right? Like yeah. It's basically just, what, 10 minutes? It's uh, 70? What do we say? Seventy-five. Okay. And like probably 10 minutes, so that's credits. So. Right. So it's super short. Um, that's fair yeah i don't know so i'm at a three
1: alpha frights what'd you give it nate
0: uh well i'm gonna give it a two it's a solid two i i feel like the effects are fun and it like hogan said it's short digestible has a lot of things that tick the boxes for me as far as like you got Jeffrey Combs in there. Cool effects. Cool artwork. It's very Tales from the Crypt-like. There's, But it's also just not like... I, I don't think I could play this for my dad and he'd like it. Yeah. I don't think that this... like this any, I, I think this is for somebody who's dug around a lot, watched a lot of 80s horror movies, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, what's this? Oh, this one's you. still fun. And it's still like all those. But it's like a facsimile of those. It feels like... It feels like it's exactly what you said it was, and that's they had a monster, they had a weekend. It it checked all the boxes. And they're like, (laughs) we can knock this out, and we'll make
2: money. Yep. It could have had some more combs. Like, if they could have had some, like... You know, if she would have found like his uh,
1: ghost comes back to help defeat it. No, oh! she would have like have found, if a she diary. would have found like
2: a diary or something, and flashbacks. we could have like some flashbacks or some narration from him. Yeah, yeah, like that would have been awesome. And like, they already had him. If she was the creature hiding, frights.
1: That's I'm I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. Right. for for basically the same reasons. My notes for it was that it's it's a lot of fun, it moves fast. But could use a little more gore or a variety of kills or just something to push it to a two or three. That's weird because I think this movie is
2: so fucking bizarre. <laughs>
1: it is, but it's just like I think Nate kind of helped me saying like, you could show it some people they went, they wouldn't necessarily like it. I think three frights is a pretty good indicator. Like, you could get a lot of people to watch. I feel like the higher the rating, the more likely someone who isn't really into the horror genre would be able to buy into it kind of if that makes sense right so i think two is fair because like it is for like like if right now someone came around and was like hey i want to watch like what do you think are f- like you know five ten of like the musty 80s horror movies Maybe- i
0: don't even know that this would be like top five or ten for the year it for just, horror type. I
1: wish there was more happening at the kills. Oh, you mean the year it was made? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah.
0: just that that year alone. It's like it was just there's so many horror movies. That is not a complaint, but like 1987 horror movies here. Uh we got okay, and some of these might be a, a stretch, but I'm just gonna start saying stuff. Uh Lost Boys, My Best Friends a Vampire, Slaughterhouse, Munchies, Prince of Darkness, Jaws the Revenge, The Curse, Monster Squad, The Gate, Dolls. The Hidden, Evil Dead 2, The Believers, Angel Heart, Mind Killer, Creepazoids, Return to Horror High, Doom Asylum, Rock and Roll Nightmare, Blood Lake, The Return of Salem's Lot, Creepshow 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Hellraiser 1, yeah. uh, House 2. Man, when
2: you put it that way, now I feel really bad.
0: Necropolis, Slumber <laughs> no, Party cool Massacre to, I mean, 2, The Video Dead. Mm-hmm. Redneck
1: zombies, howling seven, <laughs> or well, much fucking something but like that. Se- basically where it comes Step down to though. With, like tons of shit. Using the thing, we got two twos, but we got a three, so it's two point five. Yeah. Shhh. so that's, dude, that's not split bad. Split the difference. No, I mean that's that's how we do just you with
0: that so. list, it's like and it kept going. I, well there was much more. Like, does that mean there was <laughs> like, a horror movie coming out every tired. week?
2: <laughs> like yeah.
0: Like it had to be. Because you're thinking, like, what's that for
1: a month? I don't know. But that just seems like you would have. There's wouldn't a be reason to 80s horror movies are kind of like the supreme, I think. Yeah. yeah it's, I don't just think because, like, we grew up watching it. I just think because so much was made then. And it was such a great time for effects and all this stuff. Like, and it, you know, there's so many variables. There's, there's so much content in the 80s that's good. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the thing with words. It's not even It's not even that's bad. Like, I've watched movie multiple times. Like, you know, own a copy on physical media. Like, it's a good movie. Well, it was a period where, like,
0: they knew if they made a product, and Charles Band knew this more than most, if they made a product that was decent, even if it just had, like, a couple weeks in the theater, you get a cool cover on it, you get it on the video shelf, people are going to rent it, and it's going to have another life. Um, it checks all the
2: boxes. I feel like there could maybe a little better execution. Gosh, they just if if they just showed me the kills, show like show even one monster because so cool. really there's
1: only what three. And you the only one you the only one you actually see is Norman. Right? It would be cool like if they like,
2: stair stepped up to it, right? So if it if it, if it got like progressively more intense with Normans being or you know. Yeah. Maybe not Normans, but the the chick getting out of the shower could have been... Oh, and dude, are they, s- if they're
0: saying she dies at the end, which I think is what they're implying, why is that so just smash yeah. cut end? Right. Like, that should be the most brutal kill. They should leave you, like, fucking quivering in fear of this creature when they're all
1: burning up at the end maybe make that like weird and supernaturally like Like, like, nobody's melting like not just burning they were brought back to life from a comic and now they burn they like melt or something cool just make all you see is all
2: you see is the pictures burning and then you hear them screaming
1: and it's strange when it's a film being directed by John Carl Buechler who's like is an effects guy you know, and, like, the creature does look so good. Just, you know, it's just missing a couple things. The reason
0: right? I asked about the Blu-ray is I was – it definitely feels like a movie that was cut, like, that was edited for tape, yeah. you know, at some point. But it's, like, I don't think that that's what happened. I think they just didn't shoot that stuff. It's, like, this is all we got. Yeah. Hopefully we can make it work. <laughs> yeah. Got Jeffrey for a day. We got everyone else for about eight days, Right. maybe a two week shoot or something. Yeah,
2: I mean that's probably I, I definitely now that we're like putting it this way, it it feels like it suffers the most from time constraints. I yeah. can't imagine this took more than two weeks to make. No, that like,
0: you'd have to be an idiot to take more well, than that's two the weeks. Deal. 'Cause it's all like especially with all these interior shots, it's like it doesn't matter if the sun's out even. You can shoot this at any time. Right.
1: Let's get that media roundup. What are you working with over on physical media today? Hoganomics.
2: I have Cellar Dweller on Laserdisc, released oh. by Image Entertainment.
1: Cool cover. Got a Montran bursting through the stairs, grabbing mm-hmm. someone's leg. This is the shape of nightmares to come. There's
2: not much, uh, not much difference in any of the art except for the version that you have, I believe. Mm. Yeah. I think what are you
1: working with over there with physical media, Nate? Yeah.
2: yeah, the
0: exact same two pictures. Usually, there's at least like a different photograph on the back. Yeah. So my cellar dweller physical media story starts with finding uh, cellar dweller, the new world video one. In the wild, Mm. I don't remember exactly where, but it was back when I used to just find stuff more often, so it just doesn't stick out as like a crazy thing. Like I probably found it with like eight other equally rare titles at a Goodwill at some point. Very nice. Um, And the first time I watched it, it played fine and it it worked, and I I I liked it. I thought it was a really fun flick. Uh, I think maybe two years passed when I went to rewatch it, and it just it got about. 20 minutes in and the tape just started like you could hear it was moving slow it was kind of squealing a little bit like I've had tapes that do that and that usually like transfers onto the video heads and then makes it not make it fucks up your VCR right so I just took it out and then bloody knife video was doing a sale one day and I saw he had the star maker copy which I was very excited when I put it in, and the sound was still good. It does have the original shrink wrap on. Those it are usually like those are like cheapos, Oh, right? yeah, it's EP mode, dude. Like that's just yeah. a little guy. Um, but it, I watched it on my downstairs rear projection TV, and it looked at least as good as this on it. I thought. Nice. I mean, I don't know, because I was baked, but like it seemed uh, it seemed like it looked pretty good. The the gore. Oh, it says not rated on this one. I don't know if it says not rated on this one. Because if it's not rated, that usually implies that it did not have a theatrical release, which it might not have.
2: How's the transfer? Is that, was that, a, is that Shout Factory? Yeah. I think it looks, it looks good enough.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look bad. It's oh, a, yeah,
2: shit, I guess that's what we're watching. I, oh, yeah.
1: My, so my physical media copy, it is a Scream Factory. Uh, it was a twofer with Cellar uh, Roller and Catacombs. And it's uh the cover of this is cool. It's like a painting of the cellar dweller like in shackles and like a castle almost, uh with like this dead like kind of college girl who has like books and stacks of comics by her. It's pretty. It's a cool image. Um, and then when you open it up, it's like you know the double side art. So you actually have like some screen grabs from the film and credits. But that painting's cool. Yeah. Hey, we have some uh, new Patreons to shout out. This
2: oh time. shit.
1: Grab that tray of noisemakers, Hogan.
2: Uh, hold on, my knees, my back. I oh,
1: don't... hey, how is your back?
2: It's fucked.
1: So we got two new Patreons this month. Uh, first up, we're going to shout out to stalker Fryzonian, Kellen B! <laughs> Kellen B, Kellen B, <laughs> Kellen B. I am tired. I am tired. Yes. Woo <laughs> 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 Hey. Thanks a lot, Kellen. Uh, happy to have you on board. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're going to get one of those cool shirts in the mail. It's going to be really sick. You're going to love it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Limited edition.
1: And eventually you'll even get one of those uh, yard bags. Nate's favorite.
0: It's that time of year again.
1: You use some of those yet? Uh, One. Yeah? Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm not a big... But my big thing is that, like, I just try to get out of all the yard work i can i hate yard work just mow that
2: shit up yeah turn into mulch steph framed her yard bag
1: yeah she put shared the picture on uh yeah the, that the looks aw- it looks
2: awesome framed i'm
0: glad that happened i mean it was it was not easy to make them I mean, they're gorgeous they, were, they, were they cool. really are gorgeous
1: uh so if anyone's interested in be coming a patreon at uh, the stalker tier uh you get Uh, various physical perks uh, over a period of time. But one of them is an incredible yard bag Nate hand-screened Frankenstein's monster on uh, and the logo for the Fright Zone is very, very cool. So, yeah, get yourself one. I'm
2: sorry. Sorry. You just talking about how cool it was and then i was like what are we oh yeah the yard bag <laughs> <Yeah, we're, laughs> like, so uh, and then our
1: second uh fright zone this month we got a peeper fright zone peeping through the windows looking at us while we're doing our stuff you got your camera josh K- <laughs> jay <Josh> K- <laughs> dog <J-Dawg. laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh, thanks for peeping on our stuff. Um, both y'all, if you haven't yet, uh, you know, jump on the Discord and chat with us. Um, I think one of you is, but I don't know whose screen name is what, but we have a couple new people on the Discord we've been talking about, so that's cool. Someday Nate will grace us in the Discord. D- Never done it. He d- you were in there once. You said, hey, guys. you're, you're The one message oh. you both said, hey, guys, I'm not great at technology, but I'll be in here someday. Oh, uh, okay. we'll <laughs> f- just You just got open up in just a chat room, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A chat room, huh? Uh, we'll talk with you on there. And uh, keep peeping, keep stalking, whatever you want to keep do. On yeah. <laughs> keep on peeping. Keep on peeping. Peeping in the windows, hanging in the rusty window cage. <laughs> oh, wow. Artie's been God. attacking the TV for mm-hmm. like 20 minutes now.
2: I remember, okay, one thing I was going to say about this. Uh, when she moves down into the basement, Philip comes oh. down there. And, like, she's cleaning and whatnot, and then she turns around, and the mural that says "Cellar Dweller is all clean. She's like, wow, that looks great. And he goes, I know, it's my first restoration. (laughs) You're fucking telling me that finger-painting dude is the same guy that restored this? Yeah. There's no way. Right. I got a great picture of Artie and the monster.
1: Oh, yeah, (laughs) hanging? I don't really got anything else on my end. You either you guys got anything going on? Hey, Hogan, what's going on? Beautiful Franklin Plaza Barbershop. Beautiful Beaver Del Des Moines, nothing. Iowa. Uh, Book your appointments, get a haircut. Hogan at beautiful Franklin Plaza Barbershop. b Des Moines, Iowa. Uh,
0: what's
1: my going band, on? In the crib?
0: Traffic Death just put out a uh, split 10-inch with deterioration from Minneapolis. We're Yum, called true. Traffic Death. If you haven't listened to the show before, um, you can get that from our band camp or from Shattered Dreams Productions, which is Deterioration's record label. Uh, those will go on sale Friday. I don't know when this will come out, but they go on sale or they they will ship May 19th. So that's when they're going to start going out. But the boxes mm-hmm. did already start showing up. So we're going to be ready for that. Very exciting. Uh, Shows will come after that for uh, sure, too. So keep yeah, an eye on that. Four and, uh, in July. July yeah. 27th will be in Chicago at Livewire Lounge. Uh July 28th, we'll be in Minneapolis at D-Land, D-Land. with Buiwo Mega. All these shows are with Snafu from Detroit. And then we'll be in Des Moines at XBK on Saturday the 29th. And then we are in St. Louis at the Sinkhole, uh, also with Snafu on the 30th, which is a Sunday. And then back to work on Monday.
1: Uh, hey, anything going on in the media, grip?
0: Um, Well, I just did the Stone Age. Uh, I'm going to do a couple other designs. I kind of want to finalize them. But one that I'm almost done putting together is a Night Stalker one. It's uh, this Robert Zadar movie. I'll probably sell three of them. But I want one for me. And I think it's a really cool looking shirt. So we'll see if anyone else thinks it's cool. Nice. That'll be like next week, probably. Mm -hmm. And I do want to do a couple more video label or video distributors like new designs so if for some reason there's one that you've always wanted to have done i'm kind of in my mind anchor i'm gonna bay. do i i'm not doing anything
1: that late i want an anchor bay shirt yeah i love anchor bay
0: okay maybe they're cool but there's, there's a market a,
2: for
1: it i think they're still around
0: no they're not they got bowed by
1: stars and they went under
2: okay nate will you make me a shirt that just says craig t nelson
0: I guess I don't need any suggestions, don't send me suggestions, I just got the suggestions that I need. Craig T. Nelson. Anchor Bay
1: shirt, Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson's face with Anchor Bay logo tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. And then it says Coach underneath him. <laughs> I just wanted to say Craig T. Nelson, that's it. How oh, about, no, um, image, no image, just tiny Roman I just font. wanted
2: to say Craig T. Nelson. How about...
0: Say uh, the uh, picture of Judge Ryan Holden that just says, the only judge I need.
2: <laughs> yeah, Dude, <laughs> That would be <laughs> sick, actually. That shirt, <laughs> that shirt I sent you from uh, that Roadhouse shirt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> J.C. Penney's is moving here because of me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you can ask anybody. Just ask him.
1: Yeah, that movie's so amazing. Well... Uh, Oh, yeah. In, in my world, uh, my band, uh, Greg Wheeler and the Poly Mall Cops, just put out an album in March called Manic Fever. You can get it uh, from highdiverecords.com. We're at one of our shows. We're playing a bunch this summer, so check us out on social media at Mall Cops. Um, what else is going on? Oh, Night Stories are going to be making the rare summer appearance June 2nd, XPK. With the shirtless, sexy sax man from Lost Boys. Oh, nice,
0: nice, Tim <laughs> Capola. Yeah, with Pella. Tim Capella. Yeah, and I say Capola because in Des Moines, there's this guy that like owned a whole block named Tim Capola, or J- Jim. Fuck. He owned a block of what? Like Java Joe's, Joe Capola. That's what I'm trying to think of. <laughs> there's Joe Capola. Java Joe's is named after Joe Capola. Joe, Joe Capola owned Fourth Street. Like, all the buildings on 4th Street, he owned those. And he sold them over time. So whenever I hear Tim Capella, Capella, I always think of him. And then I mix their names up, and I start thinking, like, Joe Capella, Tim Tim,
1: Capola, Tim Capola,
0: And it just fucks me up. This doesn't mean anything to anybody but me.
1: Well, June 2nd. This is a me problem. If you're in Des Moines, Iowa, come see my seasonal spooky synth horror band, The Night Stories, open for Tim Capello. And it's encouraged to wear some spooky attire if you can. We're going to make it spooky in June. So that will be fun. It's
2: like summer in November or whatever that thing it, is. I, I mean, they
1: asked if we want to play. and It's like, yeah, we're, we'll grind to practice. Where is it in July. That's XBK. What oh, cool. Like, that'll be, I mean, just like, that's just a weird show to have coming through. Like, absolutely, that'll be
0: fun. I feel like people have been going to his stuff more. I know he played the Fremont the last time he was here. Yeah. and So this will be better for him, I think. Can't uh-huh. imagine it wouldn't be
1: better as long as people come out. Yeah, shirtless people like. S- I want Hogan to come sweaty. shirtless and oiled up. <laughs> so like the way is now. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but, but in public. Like, well, I, right now his pants are off. I want his pants on at least at the show. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. It's
2: kind I, of I, like, you can put your people pants don't back don't on know. now too if you want Hogan. No, nah,
1: I'm good. When we
0: post pictures of the ca- the fucking security camera, we always have to Photoshop a clothed Hogan into yeah. the picture. Because just a sweaty He's green screened beast.
1: in. It's all post. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have nothing else then. Um, thanks either. for listening. As always, you know, uh, give us a follow on social media if you're on a rate at Fright Zone Podcast. Um, like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Um, uh, check our website, thefrightzone.com. You can get a Fright Zone t-shirt from the Media Crypt. We have a Patreon also, patreon.com slash thefrightzone. Fright Zone. Stay spooky. Yeah. Ah... <sighs>